show coming from the rack store. Bet this back in the Mac in the back flow. Let's go, chillin' with raccoons by the back door. Take calls so you can stake more. All I wanna do is making door right. But I found this crew and doing alright. We wreck will bitch, ready to fight. So many raccoons ready for the boss life. I might fly high like a kite, right? But always ready for a shite for the right prize. Raccoon supply has the right price. Giving you respect if it's likewise. So I'm buying all the mean guys with the clean heart. Read between lies, laser bean through lean eyes. Larry or with clean lies, trash mouth, mean smile, be wise. NFT wise, fuck with these guys. It's the rack rap from the back lab. 100 NFTs in my backpack. Crazy rack rap from the stash app. Rack will take a lead in this haystack. Good morning, uh, Rack FM. What the fuck? Uh, it's 0800 AST. No. And what is the all no, stand no, for? No. Oh my god. No. Stop. No, don't applaud that. No, no, no. That was the worst intro I've ever heard. No, hold on. Please. Shh. Shh. All right. Run that shit back. I'm going to do that shit one more fucking time. I'm going to show you how it's done. Ladies and gentlemen, it was a cold-blooded, premeditated murder. So I'm buying all the mean guys with the clean heart. Read between lies, laser bean through lean eyes. Larry or with clean lies, trash mouth, mean smile, be wise. NFT wise, fuck with these guys. It's the rack rap from the back lab. 100 NFTs in my backpack. Crazy rack rap from the stash app. Good morning, Rock FM! Oh, that's how it's done. Today is Monday, the 10th of April, and this is the Rock FM LSD Summit. We have your woman, B-Bands from the block, and Brucey Boy picking up the chorus walls today. B-Bands, are you pumped for today? Is this a subject that you like? Interested in bay bands? Are you knowledgeable on it? Okay, so the liquid staking derivatives, I'm like, I'm not a fan of them, so. Oh shit. That's just how I feel. Oh shit. I don't like them. Oh, Is that what we're talking about? Liquid staking derivatives? Shit. Correct. So. Yes, no. uh, I've never, I won't be a fan of them again. Oh shit. No. Fingers crossed, and you'll come with the tough questions today, then, right? Uh, and Bruce, would you like to wear. Uh, preface this tonight by explaining what's happened to our guest moderator so guys we did plan for a guest moderator to be here eric uh, and unfortunately bruce has received quite a bit of a distressing message from eric uh, bruce do you want to just outline what's happened with with eric and who he was and why he was coming on yeah 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 let me do that so we uh, have it haven't we invited the uh, eric wason and the neck to be a guest moderator today because Personally, that's this is my my meaning that he's one of the biggest brains when it comes to tokenomics in this uh, ecosystem, and he has uh, a very outspoken and sometimes radical view on the on the subject. So that's why we invited him. And this morning, he uh, he got a very unfortunate phone call that uh, a close family mem- member has been involved in an accident. So. He's at the hospital right now. So if you do believe in stuff like prayers and that, please give a prayer out to Eric and his family. Yeah, that's kind of the message. 
Cheers for that, Bruce. Yeah, and we uh, we send our prayers and uh, wishes, etc., uh, to to Eric and his family. I do know that he was really looking forward to it. Uh, so, guys, yeah, let's let's do a very quick intro uh, and just say, you know, what's this about? Why have we kind of wanted to call this, etc.? Well, a few weeks ago, we did like a randomness uh, summit that was really beneficial, very informative. And you heard from B-Bands there. I think a lot in the community are in the middle ground uh, when it comes to LSDs. I think there's a, a contingent of Dijons who are always going to be Dijons, who are always going to love these kinds of players. There's obviously like retail who are a little bit wet behind the ears, really don't know maybe what they're getting into. Uh, and then there's us guys who have been around the industry for quite a long time. Uh, we've seen a lot of things come and go, etc. And we're cautious. And really, I, I personally, I would love tonight to swear me to being really strong uh, in supporting LSDs, you know, as a financial, uh, viable financial product. And I think if we can just maybe get over some of those hurdles, some of those concerns tonight, uh, that would be great. And, and, you know, keep it a little bit philosophical as much as anything else as well. Uh, right. Let's welcome Finn, first of all. We've got the uh, the third musketeer has joined the panel. Hello, Finn. Thank you for joining. Oh, yeah. GM gang. I'm, I'm just here for the LSD. Five hits in. I'm ready to go. Let's go. We thought we thought you might enjoy today, brother. Yeah. Especially since you've been enjoying your uh, steak and derivative products. I can say you've been enjoying yourself recently, right? Right, so guys, let's see. Uh, let's see who we've got. We're, we're going to bring everybody up, right, guys? Just uh, come in, uh, request a way. We know exactly who's who's coming in, etc. Right from Liquid. Uh, we've got Vish, I believe. Hello there, Vish. Hi from Quicksilver. Hey, hey, how's it going? Very good, young man. Yeah, thanks for joining, Vish. Lovely to hear your opinion today. Yeah. Yeah. No, awesome to be here. Brilliant. Well, what we'll do, Vish, I mean, pretty much everybody knows you guys as, uh, you know, projects. I don't think there's that, you know, the need for the intros, etc. Uh, so we will, like, literally try to get around the room as, as quick as we can, you know. Uh, Aditya, hello there, from Paystake. Hiya. Hi, everyone. How's it going? Brilliant, young man. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for reaching out, right? Yeah, yeah. Always happy to have these conversations. Excited to be here. Yeah, like I said in the DMs, you know, let's uh, let's have that like philosophical level, you know, but <clears throat> to a degree where if there are people who are in that unsure camp or that cautious camp, you know, let's see if we can push people over the, the finish line kind of thing, you know. Uh, TJ, we've got TJ jumped up as well. Hi there, TJ. How's it going, everyone? Good morning. Yeah, sorry to hear about uh, Eric Mind here. Yeah, awesome bad thank news. you uh, for putting that out there. I, uh, I just sent him a message on Telegram. Super unfortunate to hear about it, but uh, obviously prayers out to, to Eric and what's going on right now. Yeah, and he was uh, he was actually really pumped, I think, for tonight as well, wasn't he, Bruce? Something he was really looking forward to because it's it's something that's quite close to his heart, right, Bruce? Absolutely. Like uh, Eric has a passion for stuff like tokenomics and game theory and all this, and he's been re we, I've been riding with him up to this uh, to this space and. He kept asking permission, not asking permission directly, but like he he wanted to make sure that we were okay with him coming on and maybe being a little crit critical and like not testing, but asking some hard questions because he really has a passion for the subject. And of course, that's what we want. So we love the neck. 
Yeah, I quite like the take about, you know, how how he believes that LSDs are, that you know, going to be in, like, you know, prominent in the future. But maybe uh, they're just lacking like things in their current form. Uh, what what I would actually like to start out with, I mean, B-Bands, Bruce, did you have anything to kick off before we kind of jump, jump head on into it or what? Let me just run through my notes really quick. Oh, here he goes, B-Bands on the note. My God, I'm winging it. Here he's on his notes. Bro, I'm so new here, man. I'm just, I just want to do a good job, right? You're actually turning pages. How many pages have you got? I heard you. So, like, who, like who, who did he, who did he learn that from? Because I don't use notes, and I know you don't use notes. So, like, is this something he just did on his own, or whose notes does he even have? He's probably just ruffling empty paper. I mean, come on, Bruce. I'm just, I'm just trying to find my spliff over here. <laughs> I learned it from B-Bands. She's all about organization. Lucy, I'm so glad you. you gave a shout out to me because I do keep notes. And I and I very agree with this lifestyle of note keeping. But like I only have very, very critical and hard questions for later in the show, it looks like. And that can okay, be well before yeah, before that, let's just get like a nice overview of LSD so everyone's starting from the same page, because I'm sure People have different perceptions of what they are. I think it would be proper to have a starting definition to work from, perhaps. If if we were to kind of summarize, I mean, LSDs in the most like layman of terms, traditionally in in cryptocurrency, you could say uh, staked assets have, have been classed as being illiquid, meaning kind of like you can't do anything with them until they're undelegated and then they become liquid again where you can trade on the market. And an LSD is basically a kind of like a replica for what's staked that allows you to go maybe, I don't know, how would you say it, Finn? Maybe play some Dijon games or put it to use, put put capital yeah, to uh, use, we could say, yeah. In, instead of the assets just sitting there staked to your favorite validator, then yeah, you would, you would get this token in return for that stake that you could then go and do other things with, like we've seen with with these uh, projects. So it, it just gives you a way to do something with it. But again, where, where you don't have that smart contract uh, potential, I guess, for vulnerability in a normal staked asset, uh, I think that is one of the, the potential, you know, vectors that, that people kind of are, are uneasy about is like, all right, who do we stake with for the liquid staking assets? And how secure are their smart contracts? Because that's that's one of the main risks associated, I believe. That that's a good point. Because what I thought is, I thought tonight we would start with do the opposite of what you would normally do in a discursive conversation, right? I thought we'd start with like the negatives and hopefully arrive at the end of the show with with all the positives. You know, that would be a good place to start, uh, Finn. Right? Pitfalls. Uh, I tell you what, we'll jump in straight away with fish if this is okay, right? So, so Vish, when it comes to uh, the various different LSD products that we have on the market, right? For your average retail user, right? Let's say your average user, yeah, not your, your top level Dijon. What are the biggest pitfalls with these using these products? Yeah, I think like, I mean, there's a few pitfalls. I think there's one, there's like a protocol level pitfall, which is all you can say that increases the complexity uh, of just everything, right? It increases the complexity for the user. Like you now have to store this token, you know, maintain it. You're probably tempted by some DeFi. 
you have to do your due diligence on a DeFi, make sure you're not going to lose it, right? Uh, you know, you might want to borrow off of it, make sure you don't get liquidated. So it adds like more stuff for like an average retail user to track rather than, hey, I'll just take my assets. Uh, it's just sitting there running rewards. Uh, but obviously, right, that, then that's a choice you make that, hey, do I want to do something more complex with my assets? Uh, I think another pitfall, another trade-off with at least I'd say the last gen or previous gen liquid staking protocols uh, is that you kind of then lose your, uh, you, you lose your relation with your validator, right? Like, let's say I trust a validator. I know they're not going to get slashed. I delegate to them uh, and that's it, right? My assets are safe with that validator. But when I use a liquid staking protocol, that gets abstracted away a little bit. Uh, now in Quixlow, we have something where we give them a bit of a choice, but it's still not very direct, right? If uh, the, in broad senses, there is like a socialization of risk and rewards with any liquid staking implementation. So if one validator gets slashed, you experience some amount of that slashing, right? So that is a potential pitfall you need to be aware of. But I think each liquid staking protocol then, you know, has to go and find ways to minimize the slashing risk. And that is definitely like one of the things you've got to watch out for when choosing uh, a liquid staking provider. But yeah, I think high level, those are a couple of like the pitfalls I'd envision at least. KJ, would you add anything to that? Yeah, no, I completely agree with, with Vish. Um, I think obviously when we're talking about like smart contract risk, um, there's basically what what's um, implementation risk. So um, obviously there's a lot of ways to mitigate this. Um, very commonly uh, you have you know, receiving third-party audits from different firms. And, um, you know, hopefully as the industry progresses and more of these third-party audits are being done, that, um, you know, the, the audits uh, are, you know, as high of quality as possible. They saw a lot of these mechanisms before and understand, um, you know, what to look for in terms of like possible, uh, like uh, infinite mints and those types of things. And then um, even just like, um, implementing like uh, bug bounties for the smart contracts can help. Um, you know, obviously if your protocol is open source, you're able to um, have white hat hackers actually try and uh, um, improve the security of your protocol as well. So at, at its core, yeah, definitely um, smart contract risk is probably uh, the most prominent and then uh, typical for basically any type of uh, like, staking done on a, a proof of stake network you you do run into like slashing risk as well which um in a way can be mitigated by some uh, liquid staking protocols but um at its core i think yeah those are probably the main risks i always appreciate the the services that provide you a nice list of, and i feel like most of the ones i've seen do this so that you can see all right who are their whitelisted validators so you can actually kind of take a look into those and see all right is this the proper basket for my assets or not uh, and that's a good way you can take a look and do some research into all right who's whitelisted what do they do what has their history been and that sort of thing so you can kind of minimize some of that and i don't Personally, I can't think of a time when I heard of uh, a smart contract like that getting exploited. I haven't been dabbling in LSDs as long as some of these other guys. Uh, B Luna was my first one on, on Terra Classic before the crash. Uh, so 
but I'm not sure. Have any of you heard of some LSDs actually getting compromised like that? Yeah, yep. I think maybe I can talk a bit about that. So this is maybe from personal experience for PSTEC as a protocol, because we also have liquid staking live for other chains, other POS chains like ETH and BNB. There was one particular incident that happened on the BNB liquid staking landscape, wherein Anchor, one of the bigger liquid staking protocols, got uh, exploited. And that was basically due to uh, a private key error, wherein the uh, an attacker basically got control of the private key that minted was because it was kind of custodial in nature. So he basically he or she basically minted a shit ton of uh, liquid staking derivatives of BNB that were issued by Anchor, and then kind of just swapped it out for other liquid staking protocols tokens, and you know just unstaked. So in, in like a collateral damage wise, not only did it hamper Anchor users, but it hampered kind of the entire liquid staking ecosystem that was there. This is on the BNB side of things. So yeah. Definitely that smart contract risk is there. But I'd say maybe also zooming out a bit, I personally see like most risk could be classified into something that, uh, one thing that kind of wrecks the liquid staking provider itself. So this could be the whole, uh, the implementation risk that is there, the security risks that are there. And the second is maybe the risk that wrecks the economic state of the underlying chain itself. So for example, if you have liquid stake for Atom, there are certain risks that could potentially hamper the economic security or economic viability of the Cosmos hub. Uh, for example, you know, the, a liquid staking provider could take con- kind of control of uh, the governance aspect or the chain itself in terms of producing blocks and things like that. Whereas protocol level risk, as we also mentioned, and uh, other like, you know, there could be a potential DPEG between uh, a liquid stake atom that is issued by a particular protocol. Yep. So that kind of brings me into one of my noted questions over here, like, to quote the founder of, of Rai, the goal of staking is not to promote DeFi, but to promote security. Like, how do you think LSDs, or you guys think LSDs, is correlated with staking and security when you create this extra layer of, uh, of complexity? TJ, maybe? Or Vishmo, go ahead. Yeah, no, sure. I think, yeah, I was just going to say that I, it's pretty much inevitable. Uh, like for any chain, like you have to strike the balance between uh, your security and DeFi. You know, theoretically, the most secure system would be if all assets were locked, right? If everything was locked, there's no market, there's no way to purchase, there's no way to do anything. That's absolute security, right? Uh, and obviously at the other end of like the absolute DGEN spectrum, but I think, you know, in the process of like a chain's life cycle and it also depends on like what the chain wants to achieve, right? If like a particular chain wants, uh, you know, and its community wants like a greater DeFi focus, then uh, you know they probably allow for or want a higher liquid stake percentage, right? Because that just promotes capital efficiency. But you know, if as a chain you have different purpose, uh, you are, or as an asset you have a different purpose, then you want to reduce that. So it's always about striking that balance, uh, and and each chain and their community sort of figure out what that balance is. I'll just add on quickly um, there as well as I think Vish brings up a good point of it kind of depends on the purpose of the chain itself. In my opinion, I think um, like obviously you have or or every single chain you want, um, you know, to have to be as secure as possible. But um, with like a lot of these uh, newer chains that are arising, um, specifically focused on, uh, you know, like DeFi implementations and DeFi use cases. 
uh, as Vish said, with all, every single asset locked within the protocol, um, it it's harder to create a market for that um, that use case that the the chain is primarily built for. So um, basically, yeah, like at its core, liquid staking is to um, continue to try to provide that uh, economic security from staked assets and decentralize that stake as much as possible. But um, at the end of the day, it um, also kind of unlocks that liquidity that that might be, um, you know, typically locked uh, within the chain itself to for whatever use case possible, uh, whether it's collateral within DeFi, um, you know, trading on NFTs, like there's a, a wide variety of use cases that can be built on top of it. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, I think it, it kind of comes down to what the chain is trying to achieve. And I think um, that can even at its core come down to like what the inflation rate of the blockchain itself is. Um, like, are they incentivizing a certain percentage of assets being staked within the chain? Um, do they themselves know kind of what is best from like a security standpoint for the chain? I think are um, probably some things to consider as well. That's an interesting point because if you do, you have these this basket of validators, and if everybody on that chain decides to use that liquid that LSD, then that basket of validators is basically going to be the ones in control of that governance, right? So you have to make sure that okay, is this good for not only the chain but for the users as well? Because you're giving up that that voting power, I believe, are you not? Yeah, I think, um, and maybe Vish is better to speak about this because I think Quicksilver does this really well, but um, at its core with like, uh, specifically a lot of the the Cosmos ecosystem chains, but um, with it being like delegated proof of stake networks, um, as like a typical staker, you would choose your validator. and stake your assets to them uh, and then kind of once you get to the next level of liquid staking uh, dependent on how like the delegation is done uh, it might be delegated to a specific set of validators like you said can possibly concentrate the stake um, within the network depending on how much is in uh, liquid staking protocol but i think like with what quicksilver is trying to do in terms of um you know give give users that um, that optionality of delegating again, which is pretty pretty core to like the ethos of DPoS networks is pretty cool. Yeah, I think like, just to add to that, like that was I mean, really well explained. Like one of the things that we're trying to do is essentially, uh, like there's two things. Like one, we let people vote uh, on governance proposals, or at least we're working towards building that. Uh, but, you know, we have like the framework in our white paper and that's really been like the quick slow thing, right? You can have your Q asset, which is our liquid staking derivative, and still vote with it, right? You can have it locked in DeFi positions. You can have it anywhere, really, and still participate in governance, right? Uh, that's something you can't even do with native tokens, right? If you have native tokens in a DeFi position somewhere, you're locked out of governance. Uh, so that's something we want to provide to users. And the second thing is also like a semblance of choice, right? Uh, I think on Quicksilver, we have this thing called signaling intent. So every time you stake with Pixelo, we actually show you a bunch of validators that you can choose from. Uh, and you, you can go ahead and choose whatever validator uh, you, know, you want to delegate to. And the protocol then tries its best 
matching your delegation to the delegation that the protocol makes. So in this way, we don't have any like whitelist of validators. It's completely open, right? Every validator that's on the native chain is also on Quicksilver. So no restriction there. So we want to maximize that and you know, essentially let people make choices and basically go ahead refining this module. Are you happy now, Bruce? Very happy. Very, very happy. <laughs> Uh, there are a couple of good uh, talking points here, uh, but I want to I want to know from the guys if this is all right, right? Where where we are on the kind of like mass adoption kind of curve of LSDs? Because I've I've been noticing on my timeline a lot of like the F people start to talk about LSDs over there on on traditional uh, Ethereum, etc. Uh, where where are we? I mean, are we like a year away from being like having mass adoption? Uh, Vish, what what do you think? Where are we on this kind of mass adoption curve at LSDs? Are we right at the beginning of the journey? I think we're at the beginning of the journey, but it's going to be a pretty short journey. Uh, you know, especially in Cosmos now, you have things like the LSM come out, right? It's a liquid staking module, so you don't need to unstake your assets uh, before entering liquid staking. But this is un unprecedented, right? On Ecosystems like Ethereum, Solana, you never had this option, right? People had to undelegate, wait for that, you know, unbonding period, lose out on those rewards. There's a lot of friction here, right? So many of your larger users would, would never come. Many of your users who don't care much about DeFi would never come. Uh, but now I think there is almost no choice. Like you have to liquid stake at some point, right? Because, you know, as the, as the LSM comes out and like more people start staking, your staking API is actually going to start reducing because your stake supply increases, right? So when this happens, essentially your inflation rate reduces or your inflation going to stakers per user reduces, uh, and then you'll be forced to liquid stake. So I think the liquid staking adoption, like, yes, we are pretty much at the beginning, but it's a very short journey from here. You see, that's my opinion exactly. Everyone's going to have to liquid stake at some time. I think that's the whole thing about why we're calling this summit tonight is because there's no getting away from it. We're going to have to accept it one way or another, and it's how do you manage it the best way that you can. B-Bands, did you hear that? Let me just, uh, before going to B-Bands, let me just reset the room real quick for any new listeners. This is the RAG FM LSD Summit. We got TJ from Lydia Labs representing Liquid Finance. We got Wish Mudali from uh, Quicksilver Zone. We got Persistence. And we got uh, Aditya. I don't know how to pronounce your name. I'm sorry, man. Venka Adita from uh, P-Stake Finance. That's pretty much right. <laughs> are, you, are you finished now, bros? Thank you, bro. Yeah, 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 I'm finished. B-Bands, did you hear that though, B-Bands? The fact that like, we're all going to have to get used to it, whether we like it or not. How do you feel about that, B-Bands? Um, like I, it's inevitable. I don't know. I just, I, I don't like them. I especially don't like like, and, and I'm sorry, guys. I just, I, I used to use them liquid staking derivatives for looping and all that. Like I tried it out and everything and I don't like it, but I know the banks are going to be trying to do that, something like that right now to people where they're like, hey, you, you, you put your funds into our bank and then we're going to give you this like receipt or token where you can go and, you know, still kind of have access to your funds. So like banks right now are planning to do to do something like that. So, I mean, it's an, it's inevitable. It's definitely not something I'm interested in, though. I think most banks or just savings account in general do work from a similar perspective, wherein 
they uh, they have something called fractionalized banking wherein most of the funds are not liquid but used somewhere else to generate yield that you get so in that sense we're already there but that is in no way safe because we always seen bank runs that happen i mean the previous few weeks have been a great example of why maybe the system is inherently flawed and maybe how the system kind of takes the best of that system wherein staking and liquid staking kind of has parallel to maybe the whole system of fractionalized banking as well as maybe treasuries us treasuries as from the nature but also kind of try to eliminate the risk that comes with it yeah i think like adding to what aditya was saying uh, the, the problem with there's two problems with banking and like how crypto and liquid staking fix that right the first is that there's leverage right not all of your money is money not all of your debt is debt right? there's always some amount of leverage there and the worst part is we don't know what that leverage is so that one doesn't exist in liquid staking protocols right you deposit 10 atoms we can only mint so many q atoms right uh, so that is an in protocol open source uh, thing so we can't do anything there uh, and and the second s- sort of problem uh, you know, with banks is that you essentially it's a trusted system you have to trust somebody for the entire system to work that obviously is not a are a thing with liquid staking protocols, at least decentralized liquid staking protocols, right? Like I know centralized exchanges have tried doing their own version of liquid staking where there is trust involved and there's very possibly leverage involved too, right? I think a good like real world example to give would be like derivatives, right? And derivatives have a pretty bad name in the financial world because of, you know, all the shit that has been done with it. But you know, they're actually pretty fundamental instruments that are used for everything, right? Like, let's say you want to buy gold or let's say you want to buy a house. Right? I'm not going to take my house, you know, into the doorstep of someone. I'm not going to carry around 10 kgs of gold you know, and drop it in front of your door, right? It is going to be an agreement. There's going to be a paper agreement somewhere and that's your derivative. Uh, the only thing is that here we, it's, it's trustless, it's, it's open source, it's permissionless. Uh, so yeah, hopefully that will sort of you know bring a new paradigm for derivatives on chain. Uh, but yeah, I think those are some like the big differences between what we're used to and what we're sort of building here. I do want to add one quick additional point on that because I think it kind of goes just back to like the ethos of uh, like crypto itself and and self custody and the fact that. Um, you know, when, as Vish said, like if you deposit your money in a typical bank savings account, you don't really have control over how the bank like uses funds, um, that are, are technically your funds, uh, whether it's providing leverage to, um, other people within traditional finance. But, uh, the, the greatest thing about crypto itself is, um, the self custody aspect of you're not technically required to do anything with your assets. Um, users are able to kind of pick which protocols they use. They pick their their risk spectrum, and in, in return, um, you know what types of rewards that they can be exposed to. So, um, like um, what was said earlier, obviously um, we all we all um, building these protocols um, believe in the the future where um, liquid staking tokens become further integrated within um, these different ecosystems and. Uh, the DeFi protocols within these ecosystems. But um, even if users are getting um, a smaller staking reward for staking natively, like they always have that um, that optionality um, where they can 
choose to make that decision by themselves and aren't necessarily being forced to take on any leverage that they're not comfortable with. Oh, I like uh, that. Another point to add there also was maybe when Vish mentioned that, you know, uh, I think it's a complete circle in the sense that when if you let's say, deposit 10 atom and get those 10 to atom back, somewhere down the line, whenever those rewards accrue, you are kind of always going to be assured that you, if you unstake or if, if you unstake to the protocol directly, you are going to get the underlying atom back because that's always safe and staked. Unless maybe there is some attack on the protocol's exchange rate itself between these derivatives, which is something most protocols are kind of uh, taking a very step towards mitigating uh, in the first place. So while staking kind of mints you those certain amount at any given point of time, so does unstaking. So if you have a very large position and you simply want to come to the protocol and unstake your liquid state asset, you're going to get back. Obviously, you'll have to wait the similar waiting period as the normal staking unbonding period, which is why also there are secondary markets for liquidity that exist. But yeah, at the at, at maybe the truth is that you'll always get those kind of assets back if you want to unstake it. I heard that magic word earlier, Finn. Did you hear that one, Brucey, earlier, that leverage? Is, is that something, uh, I think that's, that's something at the heart of the conversation, isn't it, about uh, LSDs? I mean, is it a form of like leverage, guys? Can, can we agree on that or is that incorrect? an incorrect statement? I wouldn't say it's leverage. I would say it's just utilizing assets that are there. I mean, leverage to me at least means now I'm taking that and I'm borrowing against it. When you're staking it, you're just getting that, you know, whatever the inflation percentage is, basically. You're not actually leveraging it. I guess it depends what you mean by leverage, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe not leveraging the traditional sense, but you are leveraging a, a bit like a kind of locked asset, yeah? Yeah, I think like but, one of the ways I like thinking about leverage is like when it's, when you're trying to leverage an asset, you're trying to get its future benefits or its future yield or utility today, right? And you're paying a fee for that. That, that to me is like one of the centerpieces of leverage, right? But with liquid staking, you're not really doing that. You're what you're actually doing is transferring a position that's difficult to handle and you're receiving a position that's easier to handle, right? Like the, like the example I used before, it's like gold and paper gold, you know, that it, it's more akin to that. So than I have a question, position. Vish, you said it's like gold and paper, but like, is the representation of the gold and the paper different? Like the gold is this much, but what you have on the paper is, either a little bit less, or is it exactly the same? Uh, that that d depends on like what sort of paper gold you buy. Now, I think with many of them, uh, they charge a fees. So like, it's essentially what you have minus fees. So, uh, so it's so, like the know, same thing so when you get like a liquid derivative token, a liquid staking derivative token, you put in your token and then you get um, the liquid staking derivative, it is not a one-to-one. -one. It's, it's worth like a little bit less than your original asset is, correct? So how most of these liquid staking protocols work is that uh, it's probably going to be worth more, right? Because, uh, you know, we just to explain the architecture a bit. We all have like a pool, uh, if you were to think of it like that, and we accrue staking rewards, right? So if you enter the pool on day two, uh, the value of Q atom is higher than atom, right? So the amount of Q atom you receive would be slightly lower. So the value of a staking derivative, or at least the sort of staking derivatives we have today, uh, keep increasing over time. 
Uh, I, I think the P state guys call it the exchange rate model. I think that's a great way to put it. Uh, but yeah, I, so yeah, to simply to answer your question in a, in a more simple way, essentially like the value of the Q atom keeps increasing over time. But all of it is there. Wait, the how does, how is does there. the Q atom keep in, in, in increasing over time? That's only if people are buying yeah. it and, and entering the liquid staking pool, right? No, so like a good way to think about this is like a vault and key, right? Like, let's say you staked, you know, 100 atom on Quicksilver. It's essentially locked in this pool and it's earning staking rewards, right? And you get a Q atom issued against it. Now, it's not done one is to one because a Q atom is worth the principal that's in the pool plus the staking rewards it has accrued. Right, so we have to somehow show that these taking rewards have accrued, right? We can't distribute it directly uh, via wallets for technical reasons. So, uh, yeah, that, that's why we use the exchange rate model. Uh, so, uh, any staking derivative is worth your principal plus the staking rewards it has accrued, which is why it's worth more. And this worth is created by its redeemability. So, you can redeem your staking derivative for your principal plus rewards at any time from the protocol itself. So it's like an inflationary token, am I understanding? Yeah, I mean, the, the rewards are generated through inflation in, in most cases. So your proof of stake positions are inflationary, your staking positions to begin with. You say that this is it's basically a relationship between these two assets that are there. Whereas, the, uh, the, uh, for example, asset here is atom, the liquid stake atom is either Q atom or STK atom. So this rate basically defines how much STK atom would mint if you deposit atom or if you liquid stake atom or how much atom you would receive if you want to unstake STK atom. But the thing is that this rate is kind of increasing in perpetuity because every day these atom staking rewards are getting accrued and they are being distributed in the form of an increase in this rate. So it's basically you, if you divide the supply of STK atom by atom, you get a relationship rate, and that is what this rate basically is. It defines the interoperability between these two tokens. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Go on, Finn. That that that's where, like, on a on a protocol like Eris, I, I saw Philip in the in the crowd here. Uh, they have this arbitrage section where you can look at the different LSDs and see if there's any good ARBs in there between, you know, like, say, Luna and B Luna or Kuji and, and B Kuji or I, I forget what their, their liquid one of Kuji is. It just came out. But you can check and see. And sometimes you'll get a good, like, two, three, four percent in there. And you can just flip it real quick, do the slow burn, and then end up with more initial than what you put in just because of that ARB opportunity. I think that's pretty great and that's pretty important too for maybe these ARBs to exist because they help kind of balance these rates over time at any given point of time. So I just want to say, sorry, I just want to say, Philip, you have been invited up. You just come up if you want. And that's Philip from Aries Protocol. It certainly is, yeah. We reached out to uh, Eris, or we, we tagged him in the, the original one. Finn was like, uh, if you can get Philip in, that would be a great uh, a great addition. Uh, guys, I would love to ask, uh, Aditya, we'll, we'll go to you first. Uh, a lot of people tell me that LSDs are only good if you're, you know, looping. Uh, is, is that particularly true or not? Is, is that the most kind of like productive form of uh, using your liquid staking? Is to, I've heard about the loops with like, I think, uh, Umi. Uh, stride a couple of people were running that loop doing quite all right so yeah i did yeah 
Is it true that uh, LSDs are only good for like looping for real days and stuff? I'd say maybe it's one aspect of it, the, maybe the leverage liquid staking loop that is there. But then that loop also kind of gives you diminishing rating, returns after like three or four loops. Although it does make the system more efficient in terms of because there is an availability to do this, people will do it. But then, yeah, it's, it's not only limited to that. That kind of also goes uh, way beyond that in terms of it helps make capital efficient in an ecosystem, wherein the lack of liquidity is the biggest problem, at least in Cosmos overall, because we have these chains with very high staking rewards. A chain, as we mentioned, right, a chain kind of has to decide if they want to go down the staking route, wherein they need maybe a very secure chain. For example, Noble could need a very, very secure chain to issue these native assets that are coming to Cosmos. Now, they might not necessarily require a DeFi use case for their token if it comes, right? So what liquid staking allows you to do is at the end, right, kind of not have that option of staking or DeFi, but staking and DeFi. And because these tokens would be the collateral for most things, they're naturally bound to not replace, but mirror the asset that lies underneath. So whatever Atom could do, Qatom and SDK Atom could and should be able to do. Whereas leverage liquid staking is one aspect of it. There are more, much more kind of uh, uh, interesting propositions that also open up. One could also be, you know, if you are that decent, but also being risk averse, is that you could just open up, you know, a quick, uh, have a new delta neutral po- long position on Atom. Wherein if you have Atom, you maybe liquid stake half of it, you borrow against it and you maybe sell it, sell an asset. And once maybe that depreciates in price, you buy it again and then close the loop. So obviously it allows you to do much more decent things, but also allows you to do the things that are possible in DeFi with much more capital efficiency. So I have a quick question. The liquid staking derivatives, are do you get them just from staking? Is it a one-sided pool or are you staking, like, are you taking two tokens so you can get your um, LSD? Like when, you know, when you make, you put your money into a liquidity pool and stuff like that, is this a liquidity pool token or is just, you know, no, single-sided it's, staking and that's how you get the um, token? Yeah, it's, it's, it's single-sided nature. So for example, uh, if, if you want to liquid stake your Atom, you go to Quicksilver or you go to P-Stake, you deposit Atom, you get Q-Atom or you get ST-Atom. Or if you go to Stride, you do get ST-Atom similarly. And these different liquid staking protocols kind of allow you to liquid stake not just one asset, which is Atom, but other assets too. And then B-Bands, if you wanted to, I believe there are some LPs that utilize these, but in itself, it's not a double-sided Thing. Okay, so the but you can use a liquid staking derivative and put it on in a liquidity pool, and then you know hopefully you don't get impermanent loss, which you probably will. But okay, you can do yeah. that on uh, Windex, though, right now, yeah, with Juno and Wind Juno, right? Can't you do that on Windex right now? Yeah, and I think Astroport and Spectrum also uh, have a couple of vaults on that. Hey Finn, we've got Terra Royalty. Would you like to introduce your, your guest of honor there, Finn? Man, Philip's been so cool. Eris Protocol has been awesome. They were the first ones to create a, a smart contract that redirects yield to TerraSpaces and to Angel Protocol and even to LunkDAO for burning <laughs> Lunk for some reason. Uh, yeah, Eris is super awesome. Uh, Philip, awesome to have you up here, man. Thank you. Hey, thanks for the shout out. Sorry, I came in late because I'm currently at the airport, so it's very busy here. Uh, but I followed the conversation, really important, uh, interesting stuff. Um, regarding why liquid staking makes sense, it's, it just makes 
capital a lot more efficient because you can use it for different purposes while also securing the network. So that means um, it is a, these liquid staking derivatives, they work just like a normal wallet. You have to think of it um, if you provide, for example, Luna into our amplifier, um, it is just gets staked with uh, the whitelisted validators. And in return, you get this kind of token back, which is your receipt. So with this kind of receipt, you can come back later, one day, two day, one month, and get back your Luna, including the rewards. And this is um, the basic how it works. And what we have done is um, we built this kind of, or we are in progress of building this kind of teaching paradise at areas where you can use these liquid staking derivatives um, in different kind of ways. So like uh, Finn said, you can use uh, your yield and donate it to a project um, you like. Um, it is also very similar to how Alliance works and the, the Terra Alliance module. I'm not sure um, how, how deep um, everybody is in it, but it, it's essentially something like you can now use uh, Mpluna and stake it on a different chain and receive uh, rewards of this other chain um, again back to, to your Mpluna. And yeah, and it, it enables capital to, to be used in DeFi. And that also means, for example, pools, liquidity providers right now need to be incentivized to provide liquidity. For example, Osmosis is paying uh, 1 to 10 usually. So that means um, for each $1 revenue, trade revenue they have, they pay around $10 of incentives in their own token. And with the usage of liquid staking derivatives, uh, the network inflation is being used to pay um, LP positions. So this also makes it efficiently, more efficiently and it doesn't require as many incentives as previously. And the same is for, for collateralization markets or uh, stable coin minting platforms, lending platforms. And because um, liquidity providers and DGENs that want to leverage, like you said, uh, can now deposit their Mpluna or Atom or staked Atom in, in some kind of way and um, borrow money on it. And this makes it so efficient because it's, it's something in, in the traditional world you need to think about. You have uh, some kind of investment portfolio and based on your investment portfolio, you can now borrow money and really use the money without um, leaving your original asset. And this, this makes it ju just uh, super important in DeFi. Yeah, no, I think that was a great overview, Philip. Um, I think basically kind of echoing up what everyone just said is uh, other than uh, or basically like anything that can happen on the app application layer with the, the native asset should be able to occur with the liquid staking token. Um, it's all basically, I think, comes down to like support and acceptance within um, like the broader protocols within the ecosystem. So obviously, as the liquid staking token becomes more universally accepted, um, the, the more utility that particular liquid staking token has. Um, and I think, obviously, this is a Cosmos space. And uh, as the Cosmos ecosystem continues to grow, um, we'll see more utility out there other than um, just your typical leverage. Like you can obviously apply these types of things to like NFT ecosystems as well. But um, I think uh, Philip, you have a hot mic there. <laughs> oh, he's running to the gate, Home Alone style. Yeah, gotta miss his flight. All right. Uh, yeah, but I think one one thing that I'm 
and our team's like partic- particularly interested in and keeping our eyes on um, is just what's going on with Ethereum right now. Like, obviously, I think probably the set second biggest upgrade to their proof of stake network approach from the merge itself is in like the next couple of days with um, the Chappella upgrade allowing for Ethereum withdrawals. And I think once we see that occur, um, obviously Ethereum's application layer is uh, kind of the most robust and diverse right now in crypto. And um, once this kind of big pain point for Ethereum withdrawals occurs, um and is available to users i'm I'm really curious to see how utility within that ecosystem itself grows um whether that uh you know we have possible restaking through uh eigenlayer um with uh, a lot of these growing nft marketplaces like blur um you can possibly see liquid staking tokens be accepted as bids on on nfts which could possibly uh reduce like the liquidity spread for nft trading itself um and then obviously just with the vast amount of DeFi that's occurring there as well see uh, possibly new use cases but um yeah bringing it back even just to cosmos i think um being able to observe what those types of things happen as uh cosmos uh you know starts to continues to grow and build out um, the different amount of app chains and use cases within within these general purpose smart contracting layers. I think uh, the use case itself of liquid staking token uh, will, will definitely evolve just past uh, like leverage looping, which it um, might be the first thing that comes to people's minds. Yeah, I think currently even on like Stargaze, there was a discussion about you know, using Stride and Quicksilver SD and Q stars. Uh, to like uh, mint NFTs, right? Because that was like a, like a problem on Stargaze because people had a lot of their stars locked up in staking, uh, but they would like to participate in these NFT mints that happen and they, you know, run out pretty fast. So, you know, you can't afford to like unstake that, wait for 21 days and then try jumping on a mint. Uh, you need to be quick on that. So, you know, liquid staking can even do like a lot of this non-DeFi stuff, uh, you know, as Finn was talking about. Uh, yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff to be done. I may want to expand a bit on TJ's point on Ethereum liquid staking landscape and maybe where Cosmos is. I, I think uh, what that the, the Shanghai couple upgrade has obviously put in liquid staking into the limelight with withdrawals being the kind of the word that everyone talks about. But also kind of you could say pushes or uh, bootstraps or, or other helps uh, deposits in a way to because that withdrawals was not present in the first place. So that was like a major barrier for people to liquid stake as well because there was no native unstaking present in liquid staking as such for Ethereum. But that was not been the case for Cosmos. You know, when maybe PeaceStake also launched its SDK Atom back in 2022, the first version that was other issued on Ethereum at that time, there were kind of unstaking that was present because we were in that proof of stake landscape entirely. But then that was not present, that has not been present in Ethereum. Hence the whole issue around DPEG as well. You know, there was a whole big issue with Lido's ST DPEGing. That was also due to the fact because the arbitrage couldn't complete that circle because unstaking was not present. But then Cosmos has been a landscape wherein these things, these building blocks have been there since kind of the eternity of time. Wherein maybe the things such as LSM and, you know, interchain account liquid staking is something that kind of propels this into the next array that is there. That uh, when I heard about Stargaze and stuff there, <clears throat> that uh, piqued my curiosity a little bit. 
So, guys, for, for all of you here, I'll go over to Vish there because Vish mentioned mentioned this. Uh, Vish, outpost. What, what exactly do outposts mean to a liquid staking like protocols like yourselves? Uh, in what context are you referring to outposts? Just when you were talking about, you know, being able to use like bids and stuff on stargaz and things, yeah? I mean, is that like an ideal outpost for you or? Uh, yeah, so like, for example, right, we already have Stargaze onboarded, like we mint Q stars, you know, people can liquid stake stars with us. Uh, so the problem we'd been hearing was that, uh, hey, like, you know, we have all these stars locked up, uh, but we want to like buy NFTs with it because you want to secure the chain you know, with your stars token, but you also want to like mint NFTs participate in like the ecosystem that's growing there, right? So yeah, something like that is like a definite pain point that liquid staking can solve. Uh, so yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, that's definitely the kind of stuff, you know, we'd be looking out for. And imagine that that's got to be one of the major use cases, Finn, right? Oh, did Finn just have a hot mic there? What do you think about no, that? I, oh, he's I think back. that's, a, sorry, that, that, that's exactly like the ideal use case, I believe, for a chain like Stargaze is to be able to do that one day and, and any NFT base chain because yeah it it's hard to walk that balance of staking enough to get enough rewards to make it worthwhile for the inflation and then now like how do i buy stuff if all my stuff is staked the rewards maybe aren't enough to do this next mint but if you can utilize those liquid assets to then do the mint sure it's going to take away from your overall pot but if you're going to mint this and then flip it and add it back to the potter or whatever you're doing on the, on the chain, like, yeah, I think it makes perfect sense. Now then, but wouldn't it cost more liquid staking derivative tokens to purchase that NFT? It depends what the arb rate was, right? Sometimes it could cost less if, if there's like a really good rate happening for the liquid token, you would spend less of them. And I mean, that all obviously it depends what the market lists them as in, you know, how how the pricing works, obviously, but it could. Well, that, that brings us up onto Ambedo's point. Uh, guys, we've had a question from uh, the artist on the Rack FM team, right? And uh, we'll kick off with uh, TJ with this one, see what he thinks. Uh, TJ, he says, what about this kind of never ending conundrum that you guys have got? like trying to like maintain what you would clarify as like your ideal peg for the uh the staked acid like derivative is that a big fight that you guys have is maintaining that ideal peg that you want yeah i think um honestly it's a great question and um like we said very early on unfortunately eric wasn't able to be on this this uh this basis because i think this is a, a question that eric probably would ask anyways um i think that's probably in terms of like um after we get from the protocol risks and that we talked about earlier in terms of like smart contracts and stuff um a lot of the incentivization that goes on from liquid staking protocols that other than um you know just to to gain new users is um to try to incentivize this peg to be as close as possible so um i don't think it's ever going to be perfect necessarily and it probably shouldn't be perfect just um for for the fact that you do have uh some small additional risks when using um liquid staking protocols such as smart contract risk and then um it is a bit different i would say in, like within the cosmos ecosystem itself 
where uh, our like unbonding period of 21 days is a lot longer than um, some other typical chains. Like I think Solana is like two days. Um, so that's obviously a, a vast difference in terms of illiquidity and even like the opportunity cost of, um, you know, missing out on some rewards when you're uh, doing your typical unstaking. Uh, so with that being said, yeah, I think a lot of incentives from our protocols are going specifically towards like LPs to try to keep this peg as close as possible. And then obviously, um, you know, even making the, the arbitrage opportunities to users very clear in terms of if the peg is um, or the liquidity premium is past a certain point that you have like a very good chance of performing this arbitrage. Uh, by just doing like uh, a delayed unstake or um, like the typical unbonding. So, um, yeah, I think that's one thing that I'm uh, super interested in. And I see some other people with their hands up. So uh, I'll, I'll let them talk and see what else I have to say. Hey, uh, yeah. So the pack, we just released another product uh, two weeks back or one week back. And this is the app vault. And this means we are automating this whole slow burn arbitrage mechanism um, for any kind of user to have it accessible. And this is really the origin how we founded Aries, because we wanted to provide the most stable market for liquid staking derivatives. And that means users can deposit Luna and we have these arbitrage bots running in the background and they use this Luna pool to arbitrage to M Luna, B Luna, uh, any kind of Luna uh, at the moment and uh, yeah, and slowly unbound it and after 21 days it will do it again and this this keeps this pack more stable and any kind of reward fees we are, we are taking are also shared um, with Luna holders. That means uh, we are always distributing fees back to, to the original stakers. That is one, uh, one of the examples of how to hold the pack or how we try to hold the pack uh, better and um, even even allow users to participate. That's good at that mind, Philip. I'm going to look into that mind. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think in the PEG perspective, obviously, it's quite important for the PEG to almost be equal to the exchange rate that is going on a protocol, but that, that wouldn't be the case necessarily every time because of maybe the secondary markets that exist within these DEXs. But then it is also kind of arbitrages who kind of come into picture who do the job of maintaining the PEG. But then I think maybe speaking from a non-liquid staking protocol perspective, coming to maybe DEXs in Cosmos overall, we've seen kind of improvements towards uh, welcoming liquid staking in general, whether, you know, maybe that is, uh, I know that Forge is launching a WebMOS, I think today or tomorrow, that is bringing units of V3 concentrated liquidity to Cosmos. There is uh, obviously Crescent with ranged pools that is there. We have a pool there too. And there was recently a DEX called Dexter launched on the Persistence Core 1 chain itself. And that brought the concept of metastable pools to kind of Cosmos for liquid stake assets. Then metastable pools are like one of the most efficient pools for liquid stake assets because they take into consideration this exchange rate or this relationship that is there between this asset and the liquid stake asset at any given point of time. And that is how it kind of also adjusts the pool automatically. So I think while liquid staking is adopting, the liquidity for liquid stake assets is also adopting with these DEXs in Cosmos. And that kind of also helps you maintain the peg after all. Thank you for that, man. So when we're talking about the future of things, how how is the future of the Cosmos security when, uh, the, how is the future for the LSDs when we're talking about new security protocols implemented in the Cosmos like mesh security and shared security and stuff like that? 
think we do have to talk about the LSM here, I guess. Because I think inherently for the Cosmos Hub to be that interchange security provider or service provider, it needs that high uh, secure aspect of it. But then that is also a problem of Cosmos Hub being one of the earliest changes that Atom is also the most accepted collateral that is there. So it kind of is a conundrum between a secure chain versus Atom in DeFi. Obviously, liquid staking solves that, but I'd say more than anything, things like LSM would uh, put us on like a exponential rise here for liquid staking in general. Uh, I think it's it, it's very well the the forum post that went out for LSM on Cosmos Hub by Zaki. Uh, I was very appalled by maybe one sentence that said that this is maybe also f- obviously for the adoption of liquid staking, but the LSM is kind of a regulatory framework for liquid staking. So that liquid staking obviously booms, but in a manner that doesn't affect the hub or the Cosmos ecosystem. I see Vish is crying. I don't know why. Yeah, I was like, what's your stance here, Vish? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I was just, uh, that statement where, you know, it's like a regulatory framework uh, for liquid oh, staking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I guess that makes sense. But like, I think there's many different ways to do liquid staking, right? I, you, I, these like guardrails that exist are good initially. Uh, but like, I think over time that we need to like, you know, have a system where, you know, different models of liquid staking can play out. So yeah, the regulatory framework sentence here didn't really resonate with me too much, but I see the intention behind, uh, you know, the entire, you know, that entire segment of the post. Catch your finger, Vish. Philip, you have anything to say? Well, uh, I only heard partial bits of it. But if it's about this uh, proposal on Cosmos Hub regarding the regulation of liquid staking derivatives, I am totally against it. Uh, because DeFi flourishes in a free market. And for example, um, these kind of regulations are very specifically targeted to very specific uh, liquid staking providers because of how they do delegations and how they do de- uh, governance. Um, because the Cosmos Hub wants to limit the power liquid staking derivative want, uh, has in the system. Um, so they want to just to limit the total amount of atoms staked with this kind of provider. But for example, we have a completely different model of how governance and delegations work. We are completely a free market based. So users and LP positions can both uh, decide how the delegations of the protocol work. And we already have a proxy governance system enabled. That means um, our end users decide how how Ares protocol votes on the governance, and that means it's it's really open and market based. Uh, it's it's based on 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 the Gauche principle where you can leverage uh, your own voting power by locking up more liquidity. So the voters and the delegators are very closely aligned to the network economic value and. This is not the case for other liquid staking um, derivatives. Like, for example, the, the I, I just uh, named Stride right now. Um, 50% of the Stride token is owned by the team and partners and close collaborators. And that means they have total control over the whole um, delegation and also the governance power of any kind of chain that is connected. And Stride holders might not be aligned with the, the goals of Cosmos Hub or of other blockchains. And this is what we make different. Um, and we don't have any kind of token, external token that takes over the control from the users. But instead, we always have the liquid stake assets. For example, on Kuchiro we launched, Mkuchi will, will have control over the delegations and uh, the governance and not any kind of other token. So these kind of regulations that are targeted based on 
the, the old model of, of how governance is being done um, would not apply to ARIS, in my opinion. I think yeah, it's very interesting that... Sorry, we should go on. No, no, I'll go ahead. I was going to say... Okay, I'll, I'll just finish off and continue. I was going to say, yeah, that's like a similar problem we also face with Quicksilver, right? Like, we've always advocated for, you know, uh, unlimited validator selection. So, like, you can choose any validator. And, and things like validator bond and stuff like that sort of go against that philosophy and, like, the implementation. Uh, you know, I mean, it's not that we can't not implement it. it, it it's fixable, but... The problem is, you know, is that like the direction we want to go in? You know, there's a, there's also like decentralization issues, right? When you have things like validator bonds, you have larger validators who, let's say, have an agreement with the liquid staking protocol to get some stake from them. They have a good reason to go ahead and invest money into this validator bond, uh, right? But while small, smaller validators who are usually out of liquid staking sets, uh, they're essentially barred off from receiving liquid-staking delegations from protocols like Quicksilver who would have given them that delegation if somebody asked us to give them that delegation. So, you know, it's like there's many models of liquid-staking around. So, yeah, maybe something more inflexible on that would be, I think, a good way forward. Yeah, I was just maybe complimenting on what Philip said about uh, having the base token itself serve as a governance for the liquid-staking protocol. I know Lilo had considered doing this a few we uh, months back wherein they had a discussion around allowing ST ETH holders to kind of also be able to govern Lido protocol itself so have a dual governance model wherein the alignment is there between the, the chain that maybe the liquid staking provider is servicing and also maybe the, the, the protocol user itself also. That was quite interesting. And when talking about the user, how, how does in this, there's a lot of uh, liquid staking protocols and uh, reasonable enough, like you, you can make a decent amount of profits on it. But how do the user find the best protocol for him or her when there are so many different different protocols being right now? Was that for anyone in particular? No, that was just to the room. Yeah, I was just about to direct it to TJ if he wants to answer. Yeah, I can start it off. Um, it's probably going to just come down honestly to each specific user like um i think i said it a bit earlier but um everyone does have like their own risk spectrum and uh in terms of like what they're trying to get out of their liquid staking protocol um and what's one thing that is pretty nice about there being a lot of different liquid staking uh protocol providers itself is that uh you do kind of have the spectrum in terms of uh what type of security and like decentralization trade-offs they make as well. So um, when it comes to like how, how a user should actually um, decide on which protocol to use, I think um, obviously from a community perspective, as well as uh, our protocols itself, the communication and education behind uh, what our protocol actually does and the security risk behind them is very important. Um, obviously transparency in terms of uh, how, our protocol like works from a technical architecture perspective how um you know our our delegation works and even um probably being transparent about how how deep our liquidity is within a secondary market are all probably pretty important things that um should be considered by a user but yeah at the end of the day it is um kind of up to the user to to choose which protocol works best for them thanks tj 
Vishu, you want to add something? Yeah, I think I largely agree with that. I think, you know, also going forward, I think each liquid staking protocol will focus on their own unique thing. Uh, and that will be sort of their differentiator and like users can go off of that. I think, for example, P-Stake has this, you know, pretty cool rapid unstaking thing. You know, that's really cool. With Quicksilver, we let people choose their validators. Uh, you know, so like I think going down the line, every protocol will sort of build in their own domain of expertise and direction. And I think that's great for the ecosystem, right? Because then you have a bunch of protocols where that offer you everything. So stake would be spread around all of these different directions. And yeah, I think that in general will provide like much greater choice for the user. Yeah, definitely agree. I think there's going to be these unique uh... Uh, uh, key points maybe that attract someone to a particular liquid signaling protocol as just mentioned if someone for example right now or whenever intent signaling goes live if someone wants to choose their validator and it's only quicksilver that allows to do that someone is naturally going to be gravitated toward going there but actually maybe the the kind of the vision for us or for positions overall is to be that hub that optimizes for user experience for liquid staking wherein if you uh, with P-Stake maybe being someone that issues these SDK assets or liquid stake assets on the chain itself, there are other DeFi primitives being built by by external teams on the chain itself that cater to liquid staking. For example, we had a DEX called Dexter go live uh, just two weeks ago that kind of focuses on liquidity for liquid stake assets. We also have this another protocol called Bamboo that is going to launch on the chain soon enough, which is a borrowing lending market focused on liquid stake assets. So that is maybe where the unique proposition of all these liquid staking providers is going to lie. Is what maybe is that unique angle that you offer to users? Well, that's a perfect opportunity, Bruce, to bring in the question that we've got from the Discord, right? Exactly. So do you wanna do you wanna find out what the take is on Babylon? Yeah, do you wanna Yeah, sure, sure, go ahead. So uh Ambido, one of our artists, got another question going and it one who knows how what your takes on Babylon protocol is and when you can leverage the timestamps from the BTC from the Bitcoin, the BTC to lower the staking time, unbonding time, sorry. So how would this affect LSDs? You wanna take this one, Philip? He might be busy in the airport. We can start with you, uh, Aja. Am I getting rocked here? No, I don't hear anybody. We're all oh hey Fisher. No, hey, that I think I, I hear you. Well, at least from my end, I'm I'm not actually too sure of the architecture of Babylon and how that might impact liquid staking. I'm I'm meeting them soon, so hopefully I have more insights soon enough. So yeah, I guess from my end I'm I'm not really sure. Just handing my phone here. So Babylon's gonna use time stamping from the blockchain of Bitcoin to heighten security and that way you can lower your unbonding time when unstaking stuff. So this is going to give a higher unbonding time on probably a lot of chains. And how this is going to affect the unbonding time of uh, of LSDs? Does that make your question a bit more clear? Yeah, yeah. I, I think the problem was that I don't fully understand how Babylon itself works. But I think from what you said, if it like lowers the unbonding period, most liquid staking protocols, you know, just go uh, 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 like designed to just use like the native unbonding period, uh, the unbonding parameter. So if that changes, if that becomes lower or higher, 
the liquid staking protocol should just be able to adapt to that. Uh, that's on the technical level. Unlike the use case level, I think even if the unbonding period is super low or even removed, uh, I think liquid staking will still have its place, right? Because uh, liquid staking does two things, liquidity and reusability. So let's say even if the unbonding period comes down a lot, uh, you know, you still need liquid staking for that other stuff. And you're using it in DeFi and stuff. Uh, that's why in ecosystems like Solana, where unbonding period is really low, you still have like a lot of liquid staking activity going on. Thanks, Fish. Robo, you have anything to add to the question? Actually, he, he sparked my curiosity there when he mentioned uh, Solana and he's like, there's plenty of like liquid staking activity going on over there. That was, So Cosmos, is Cosmos pretty much like behind like most of the kind of uh, ecosystems in regards to liquid staking, are we? Are we quite in our infancy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're very much in infancy. Like, uh, I think liquid staking on Solana has been there for a year and a half, almost. Uh, but not, but in Cosmos, I think the biggest problem in Cosmos was there was no way to deploy code really, right? Like P-Stake was operating on some like, you know, next level model using multi-sigs and stuff. It was like a real feat, but there was no like a simple way to just deploy code because right? you can't, you couldn't deploy a contract on the Cosmos hub before interchain accounts. There was no way you could connect to the Cosmos hub. So how do you pro provide derivatives for this chain that you can't properly connect to. And that only became possible last year, which is when we started building it. You know, P-Stake started transitioning from that model to the interchain account model. So yeah, pretty very much in its infancy. Wow, I didn't realize it had been going so long on uh, Solana. Uh, TJ, what uh, other ecosystems have you had experience in with liquid stake and derivatives? Yeah, I think, um... Just going back to this point, um, it, we definitely in Cosmos itself have not had um, the adoption yet of liquid staking as a lot of these other chains. I think um, a lot of L, like alternative L1s that um, a lot of people probably aren't even familiar with. Like if you go on uh, somewhere like DeFi Llama, you can uh, like search through the liquid staking category and there's a surprising amount of um chains people might not be familiar with that still have liquid staking um specifically our team came from an ecosystem called icon and liquid staking was pretty important to the ecosystem itself in terms of uh increasing DeFi adoption um obviously when uh within a typical dpos network you have a lot of the the early state or the early tokens are staked and if you're trying to incentivize um, you, a newer, a newer application layer, um, a newer DeFi ecosystem to have proper liquidity. Um, you kind of need to have some some avenue to, uh, you know, increase capital efficiency and unlock this liquidity for the broader ecosystem. So, uh, yeah, I think obviously Ethereum um, is kind of leading the charge on this end, but there, there's plenty of other ecosystems as well that are doing it really well. I think, yeah, Lido. Lido is doing it well on Solana, but also I think Marinade Finance um, over there is doing a lot of cool stuff as well, specifically in terms of uh, like permissionless delegation. And I think they're eventually going to be trying to, to allow users to vote specifically for validators as well. So um, all in all, it is good that 
there are a bunch of other ecosystems and protocols doing this because uh, I think it moves forward our industry and our space in general. Yeah, go on, uh, Aditya. Yeah, yeah I, I think one of the uh, dark, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it maybe a dark cause, but maybe a lesser or forgotten ecosystem when it comes to DeFi in general is also the BNB ecosystem. Uh, I, I think that the, the image that has been there is just maybe about all the, maybe the, the I'd say possibly shitcoins that deploy on BSC or just the activity that happens on the chain. But then recently, uh, with developments that we've seen come onto the chain, obviously there has been a boom in liquid staking with P-Stake, Anchor, and Stador majorly. But then there has been DeFi overall growth also with the likes of, you know, uh, Uniswap coming to the chain. There is uh, Aave is in kind of uh, doing a temperature check with the R governance to deploy on the BNB chain. Euler was kind of supposed to and will, I think will deploy on the BNB chain as well. So I think that's also one ecosystem that's kind of uh, primed to kind of be boomed with liquid staking. Right, fellas, anybody want to jump in and add any more on that point? Before I get to one of the final points, Baybans, what, what's on your list? Because I know you were looking forward to tonight, weren't you? I hope we've, I hope we've changed your mind about LSDs, Baybans, have we? A little bit? Very, very, very little. But it's okay. Um, I, you know, I'm going to be honest. I've been kind of like trying to get my stuff together for nyc nft i'm so excited i'm like leaving on wednesday and i can't i can't think about anything else <laughs> i'm such a terrible person i'm sorry <laughs> you're good you're good don't worry about that brucey what about your list because uh, i want to ask uh, about education before we start to wrap it up yeah yeah I have, I have a question so in the cosmos ego space right according to eric at least we have very very shitty tokenomics in general so if LSDs, you kind of lean up against the change tokenomics that you're, you're providing services to, right? How, how is that going to affect the, your service and your financial futures? Especially when we're talking about Stargaze, because that, that chain is just so diluted, or that token is just so diluted, right? And the dilution is just going to keep happening. Yeah, I think, um, obviously, with Cosmos, uh, there are a vast number of different chains with vast, vastly different tokenomics. So it probably goes from a chain by chain basis. But um, if you do look at like some of the other liquid staking ecosystems uh, outside the cosmos uh, that we were just referencing, a lot of their, their like inflationary models are um, a lot smaller in terms of like annual inflation. I think a lot of them are typically at like 10% or less annual inflation. So, um, and you still see uh, liquid staking be pretty prominent within the chain. So I think um, while uh, I'm, I know Eric has his points on um, specifically what uh, types of things would be good or bad um, for the, these chains and their tokenomics, I do think that um, like liquid staking protocols will, will adapt to, to properly um, still provide these types of services whether or not the um, the chain has to make some core tokenomic changes. I like that answer. Thank you, TG. Vish, Adja, any of you got anything to add to that question before Robo takes it away? Yeah, I think one thing is that, yeah, I think there's been many tokenomic mistakes in Cosmos, but um, I think as like a collective, we're learning sort of. 
you know, I think there's an active discussion on osmosis now to redo the tokenomics on Stargaze is a similar discussion. Uh, and yeah, I think overall, like, you know, because back then we didn't really care about tokenomics or didn't really care about the token per se. We were building IBC, we were building some cool tech to just ship it, right? But I think now there's more maturity in that sense. And yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's something that's definitely getting better. Thank you, Vish. Etcha. Yeah, I, I know maybe other points. I think we'll send TJ some of very beautifully. That you know, I think it's been a it's been a hassle to maybe get everything out that people might not have maybe necessarily uh, looked inwards towards maybe what the token would do or how the token would be like. But uh, yeah, we'll definitely get there. Thank you so much. Yeah, and I was maybe making a bit of a broad statement generalization. When you said well, shitty talkonomics, Bruce, when you said the word shitty talkonomics, I was like, and is he going to define that? Like, there are different variations to shitty talkonomics, right? I think we can agree on that, yeah? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. One of the one of the ways that I wanted to kind of, like, wrap it up or finish it off, not that we have to, but I'm very aware of everyone's time, is about education. When I looked at like LSDs and I'm kind of figuring out like, okay, why am I not like, you know, a thousand percent like into them, like dying to Dijon, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm just thinking it's maybe just an education problem. I mean, I don't know if the guys think that education on things like LSDs uh, have proven difficult or have proved difficult, like uh, what it's like to penetrate that, you know, the market that might not use a product like this that you really want to bring over. I mean, I presume that probably education is one of your biggest battles with the public. Moving forward, like Vish, what plans have you got to kind of come up against this? Yeah, I think this is something we did really well last year when we didn't have the stresses of production. Uh, you know, we could we could afford to like write a lot of stuff. Uh, but yeah, obviously, like recently, it's been become difficult, right? Like, I think you're juggling a lot of things. Right? Do you spend time writing about stuff, or do you actually like? You know, answer user questions, you know, debug, that sort of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's definitely something to do. Um, we, we definitely have plans to, like, get back into it full swing. So, like, write a lot. There's already a lot of content in, like, our medium, right? If people are interested in stuff we've written in the past. Uh, but, yeah, like, more regular tweets, more regular, uh, you know, medium articles. They're not just announcing stuff, right, but rather, like, informing the user you know, like things you can do, you know, how they work, that kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, I think that's definitely something as an organization we're looking to get back into in a big way. Yeah, man, good video tutorials as well, I think, for something like this, especially when you can see like things like the looping and stuff. They're invaluable stuff, you know, to give people the confidence to go and try it themselves, you know. TJ, what about yourself? Any battles on the education front? Any plans moving forward? Yeah, I'll just echo what Vish said because um, I do think uh, Quicksilver and some of these other uh, larger protocols that have been in production um, do have some great uh, guides and tutorials and uh, education within their platforms itself. Um, I think obviously being like hands-on as like a protocol team, even within like uh, the Discord or, or Telegram or Twitter and answering like, uh, specific questions from each person um, can then obviously be very helpful to a user. And then um, just like from the education standpoint, I think um, based, based on what we do as liquid staking protocols, um, 
uh, like the core of what needs to be educated first is what uh, like typical staking is in general. Um, I don't think you can really understand what liquid staking necessarily is trying to do until you understand, um, you know, what traditional staking is and what it, what it does to provide to a network. Um, and then kind of like what trade-offs you, you are making when you do that. And then I think that's a great segue into what liquid staking is and, um, you know, how, how some of those trade-offs can be mitigated. I think you got anything that I'd like, buddy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think uh, what TJ mentioned is quite true that I think liquid staking is such a niche in itself or rather staking is such a niche in itself. POS is such a niche in itself that liquid staking kind of lies maybe these two, three loops below in terms of maybe niches of, uh, of a me- concept of a mechanism in crypto in general. So that lack of awareness is inherently going to be there. Maybe how do we, first of all, explain the problem that is trying to solve in a clear fashion that, you know, it's intuitive to someone that, you know, liquid, something like liquid staking should exist and then kind of go on about talking about the, the positives that it brings to the overall system as well as the negatives that it brings. It's quite, quite vital. I think from maybe P-stake and persistence perspective, we've been kind of at it since the very beginning. We, we've done campaigns with CMC, CoinMarketCap, like a loan to earn campaign for liquid staking very specifically. P-stake hosts regular spaces called STK spaces. When we try to be try to have like a formal rather an informal discussion like this self, uh, wherein we get uh, external speakers on board talk about liquid staking in a very unfiltered and you know kind of unbiased manner. We are the very first one about decentralization of Cosmos and whether liquid staking he- helps it or kind of doesn't help it. We had the second one on maybe the future of BNB and where liquid staking is headed there. So yeah, I think everyone rather every liquid staking protocol in general is doing that bit towards educating users so that you know. Uh, they inherently understand what the problem it solves. I like that statement, understanding the problem that it solves. That is essentially at the heart of the entire thing, isn't it? It solves a problem of illiquid capital, you know, sitting there doing nothing when it, when it could be going to work, right? That's exactly what it could be doing. I actually am so glad, dude, that you mentioned about P-Stake and a couple of updates there. Uh, because, guys, before we totally and utterly wrap it up, yeah, I just want to say, uh, Quicksilver, uh, Vish, what's the the next biggest thing that's coming or what's, what's the next update or the thing that you, that you're the most buzzing about. Come on, pitch us what you pitch us your project before we finish, dude. Yeah. So like one of the big things that's launching pretty soon is this thing we're calling signaling intent. Right. And I've sort of mentioned it a couple of times here, you know, which, which is, you know, we let you choose your validator. Okay. That's cool. But like you need to keep track of it. Right. So like, you know, what if you have your assets on different chains? Uh, can you still, maintain your validator choice and what if you want to redelegate right what if you want to change which validators uh you delegate to uh, so that is the feature what we're calling signaling intent right uh, so you can do that on quicksilver very soon um so that's one of the big feature releases for us that's coming out chain onboarding is on you know on the pipeline we're going to onboard every major chain that has interchain accounts enabled we just onboard osmosis I think last week, a liquidity pool for that is coming out. It will be incentivized uh, as are the other pools. Uh, so yeah, I guess that some of the things that we're dealing with. And Vish, just to clarify, is that is that a USP for you guys? You guys are the only ones that's doing that, yeah? Yeah. Just, right, okay. AJ, what about yourself and buddy? Give us some updates and before we wrap it up, dude. What's coming next? Yeah, I, I do think ours is pretty funny in terms of our... Uh, our next step is essentially just 
to get to mainnet launch. We're actually uh, we're we're pre-launch still, and I think part of it's just um, because of uh, we're we're na- going to be natively deployed on one of the new upcoming Cosmos chains called Archway. So um, essentially, we obviously can't launch our product until our Archway mainnet launch um, you know goes live. So we're uh, I think we're getting really close. Um, towards getting our archway mainnet and then obviously within a week or two of that um our protocol specifically will be deployed but uh yeah i think um we're, we're just excited to kind of uh be out in the wild and um obviously thankful for the opportunity to even be a, a part of a space like this no you're welcome dude honest to god you're absolutely welcome and uh, may the force be with you you know yeah on your on your on your endeavors in the next coming weeks yeah to all of you guys yeah uh, guys if it's okay we have got a speaker up he is a uh, he's a long time listener and a long time speaker he's a good friend of the show but he generally has like uh, very very uh, articulate points now he knows we're about to wrap up so he's he's made his move uh brian would you like to uh join the floor yeah 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 sir this, is, this has been a rad space really really good information um my my question is around distribution kind of like a little bit of that education i mean like you know, if you look in like involved with like the uh, the Kepler dashboard, it has like all the different validators. Is there an aggregated place where, let's say, you know, you guys are supporting Archway? I just heard, cool. But like all of the different liquid staking projects that kind of this uh, support Archway or Atom, is there is there an aggregated dashboard for liquid staking as of yet? Yeah, so maybe I, I can take that. So there was uh, there was a, a, a DAO called DR DAO DIA DAO. They had reached us to they had reached us for kind of the piece they came to uh so they were basically making what you exactly mentioned was a notion board for an aggregation of liquid staking not only in cosmos but across all POs ecosystems so what they've kind of and when they contacted us for you know kind of because piece stake is live on eat as well as bnb they wanted maybe to get that information but at that time they didn't have a cosmos section entirely so you know that is when maybe I, we took the charge of having cosmos involved also because people often kind of look over Cosmos in general. So we created that Cosmos kind of contributed to making that Cosmos dashboard. We had Wish who contributed to the Quicksilver da- the page that is there. Wish from Stride again also contributed to Stride dashboard that is there. And they kind of launched this dashboard that is not only for Cosmos, but overall for all liquid staking providers in POS. I, I can, How do I get to that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, what I can do right is I, I can link that to you. I think Peace Taker also talked about this, but I can send you a DM after this. That'd be rad. Thank you. Anything else, Brian? Are you good? I'm good. I think there's a huge opportunity around uh, aggregating all of the different options. As the the amount of different options grow, it's kind of like, hey, I'm going to pull on wind or I'm going to pull on osmosis. Like, there's a bunch of dex aggregators out there. There maybe there's like some value in having like a a liquid staking aggregator. Like, what do I get versus you know, P stake versus Quicksilver, et cetera, et cetera. You know, yep, uh, there are actually protocols who do this in the Ethereum ecosystem too. I think there's a protocol called LSD protocol who not only maybe aggregates information, but they aggregate actual liquid staking tokens. So you can just deposit ETH and kind of get an exposure to all these underlying individual liquid staking providers, which could also be, you know, just a sign of the ecosystem maturing. Obviously, we kind of, I think, far away from that in Cosmos, but do feel that maybe that's natural. Right. Brucey boy, B-Bands, got any words before we uh, we wrap it up? Yeah, I just want to know about the liquid NFTs. NFT LSDs, you gonna make them for us? 
What are you, what are you talking about, Bruce? You're talking about tonight? So no, no, no. Tonight. no, no, not that. I think you're going to mention that later. But I was just talking about the liquid staking derivatives, NFTs, if that's something that's in the pipeline. I was what was hoping that Backbone Labs were here because they were probably yeah. oh, well, I did. something on it. I did message them. I did message them. So, yeah, maybe we can keep that one for a, another one, Brucey. Yeah, maybe we'll have one dedicated just to that, right? Let's do that. Right, uh, gentlemen, I have to... What do you mean by liquid staking derivative NFT? Is it just like similar to LSM shares or what exactly is that? Isn't it B. Luna, Bruce, what they're doing at the moment, isn't it? I'm not sure how B. Luna is uh, linked to NFTs yet, but uh, I just, I'm pretty sure I've heard that the Backbone Lads have something in the works Grave, around that. Bigger, right? It's called the Grave. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah, they're doing something. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent on exactly what what it is that they're doing, but they're they're doing something with an NFT derivative. Yeah. Uh, guys, I just want to listen from from Rack FM. I just want to thank you guys, or from the bottom of my heart. Uh, when we set out to do this, it was more about our curiosity than anything else, and it's. You've you've answered everything eloquently tonight, you know. Really, really happy, guys. I, I just want to thank you from the, the bottom of our hearts today, guys. And if you can hear a motorbike, that's because I've just left my house and I live in Bangkok, yeah. But uh, yeah, TJ, Vish, uh, yeah, I have to thank you very much, guys, for coming up today, yeah. Yeah, thank you guys for having us. It was awesome. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's really good. No problem, guys. And uh, keep keep your eyes out for a, a Rack FM special NFT that might be dedicated to this episode in the next uh, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I'll hit you guys up and make sure you get a copy. Okay, right, lovely. Everybody, also, hopefully, then... hopefully, we meant that with Q Atom on stars. <laughs> yeah, that would be uh, that would be nifty, wouldn't it? I'd like to see something like that, actually, dude. We'll have to we'll have to have a chat in the DMs, yeah. But yeah, guys from Rack FM, uh, this is us over and out. That's been the uh, the LSD summit. So thanks to like all of the panelists, uh, thanks to the co-hosts as well, and obviously Brian for jumping up at the end there. Uh, very, very grateful, everybody, and we look forward to seeing you guys on the next show, yeah? Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. It's the Rex Show, coming from the Rex Store, with this back in the Mac in the back flow. Let's go, chillin' with raccoons by the back door. Take all so you can stake more. All I wanna do is making door right. But I found this crew and doing alright We wreck, will bitch, ready to fight So many raccoons ready for the boss life I might fly high like a kite, right? But always ready for a shite for the right price Raccoon supply has the right price Giving you respect if it's likewise So I'm buying all the mean guys with the clean heart Read between lies, laser beam through lean eyes Slurry or with clean lies, trash mouth mean smile Be wise, NFT wise, fuck with these guys It's the rack rap from the back lab Hundred NFTs in my backpack Crazy rack rap from the stash app Rack will take a lead in this haystack It's the rack rap from the back lab Hundred NFTs in my backpack Crazy rack pack from the stash app Rack will take a lead in this haystack Blast that rack rap from the stash app Supplying the raccoons with a headbang rap Rack gang with the rack will slang Like a trash can hoodie with fangs and a gold chain It's either rack will or the red pill Best chill while we get into the first meal Best feel, best devs with the best skill No shill, all real, secret is a great deal 
Rack will insane, Shane better stand fast Robo shooting his tweets with straight facts Knowledge from the streets, with the best plan yet Winston gotta eat if you retweet that Free of a life feed from the base camp McKenna always ready if you dare that Buying all raccoons for his rare stash Trash panda biker gang motherfucking hashtag It's the rack rap from the back lab Hundred NFTs in my backpack Crazy rack rap from the stash app Rack will take a lead in this haystack It's the rack rap from the back lab Hundred NFTs in my backpack Crazy rack rap from the stash app Rack will take a lead in this haystack Spaces.